Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Why don't you, where you are sitting or standing at your home, could you take a moment right now and lift your hands and thank God for His presence that is with us. That's it. Take a moment and talk to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence that is always with us. Thank you for your guardian angels that are always encamped around about us. We love you, Lord. It's in your atmosphere, God, that we're changed. It's in your atmosphere that we're healed. It's in your atmosphere that you put lives back together. It's in your atmosphere, God, that you create in our world, Lord, that you touch us. Oh, hallelujah. We're thankful for your blood, Jesus. We're thankful for your blood. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord where you're at? Come on, whether it's your house. I know you created your church service in your home today. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? Thank you to everyone that is uh, watching online today. Thank you for having church with us. Praise the Lord. I give honor to your great bishop and pastor, my brother Aaron Bounds. Now in these moments it can be, if we allow it to, we can make it awkward. But the word of God does its work. Whether you're here, whether you're at your home, whether you're Wherever you're at, the Word of God still does its work. It was in the beginning that God spoke and things were brought into existence by the, everybody say, the Word of God. And so we're going to allow the Word to do its work today. I want to give honor to everyone that is here, the media team, the music ministry, doing a tremendous job today. Give honor to you. Praise the Lord. If we could grab our Bibles. Now, I pray you're all sitting around dressed up in your three-piece suit in the recliner. You've just stood. That's going to be real awkward if you get the Holy Ghost today in your Elmo pajamas. Can I get a witness right now? (laughs) I pray that you're ready for church today. If we could stand for the reading of the Word and turn to the book of Acts chapter 3. Praise the Lord. We're going to read verse 1. In verse 2, praise the Lord. Acts, the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Let's read it together. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple his handicap made him a beggar I don't want to so much talk about the gate and its name as I do want to bring attention to the place where this man was he was at the gate I want to preach I feel the Holy Ghost so strong today I want to preach on this subject revival is at the gate 
I want you to say it with me. The revival is at the gate. I want you to lay your Bibles down for a moment. And I want us to pray for fresh revelation and a renewed desire for revival. Let's pray. Father, I ask you even now, God, that you would anoint us one more time. Anoint me to preach your word, oh God. Let there be revelation. Let there be a fresh zeal and hunger for people to help them. God, I pray you give us a new hunger for revival. I pray you touch those that are sick today, that are dealing with this COVID-19, God, that you would touch them. God, when we get through all of this, there's going to be the greatest revival we have ever seen. Prepare our hearts for what you're about to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. I don't want you, I want you to breathe the title one more time. Revival is at the gate. Now, why don't we clap our hands to the Lord just because we love his word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Peter and John went to their daily prayer meeting. The ninth hour of the day, and they walked by a man, from the way I read it and from the way theologians and historians give account on this, is that this wasn't the first time that they walked past this crippled man. They went by him daily, this lame man at this gate. I want to bring to your attention that he was lame from his mother's womb. They took him daily to the church. He wasn't allowed in the church because of his handicap, but he sat at the gate right outside the temple. And that's where they laid him, and he would ask of alms and help every day. Peter and John were about to go in the temple, and they heard this man asking of alms. And Simon did something, I believe it was the Holy Ghost, quickening his attention to this man this day. Because the Bible says he fastened his eyes up on him with John and said, look on us. And the Bible says he gave heed, he paid attention unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he took him by his right hand and lifted him up and immediately there was strength that went into his feet and his ankles and he began to leap, he began to stand and he walked leaping, praising God in the temple. I believe that if the church would ever come to the place that it believed that it had apostolic authority to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that they could see people's lives changed by the power of God. Peter and John said, we haven't done this. We haven't done this. Jesus has done this. I believe it doesn't matter what we're going through. It does not matter what sickness, what ailment, what handicap. We've got a name that's above every name that if we'll call on the name of Jesus, miracles can happen. 
I want to bring attention to the place where he was. He was at the gate. Outside the church. It wasn't his fault that he was born into this situation. It wasn't his fault that he was born lame. But because of his handicap, it kept him from doing things that he would like to, like go to church. There are people outside of this house today that have a mindset that I was born into this family and I was born into addiction and I was born into this situation. It's not my fault, but because I am who I am, I'm never going to be accepted in the church. He was at the gate. Something begins to happen in this story that grabs my attention. That when the ministry stopped long enough outside the church to see a need that is at the gate, now, I know I'm preaching to the choir today. Anchor Church loves its city, loves its world. Y'all start churches. You've got daughter works, works in Guatemala, son. I know your pastor. I know his heart. So I have not come to preach condemnation, but to just stand with you, to challenge you again, to give you a renewed look back of who we are as a church. This pandemic has messed us up a little bit, but I come to tell you, Anchor Church, it's time to rally around again. It's almost over, and it's time to have the greatest harvest we have ever had. Greatest revival is just around the corner. We're going to have the greatest harvest we have ever seen. We need to realize, we need to realize that it's outside the church where the harvest is. Now, I want to be careful here today because I know this can cross some religious lines and I wouldn't want to offend anybody too bad. But I know people that sit back and pray, give me, give me revival, God. Why are we not having revival? Give me revival. Over the years I've heard and just about every church I've ever come in contact with is always talking about a revival that's coming. Or they're praying for a great harvest. And I want to be careful how I'll say this, but after you're through praying, for a revival. And I know that word revival is really harvest. We, we want a reviving in the church, but when we say revival, what we mean is we want to see an awakening in our community to where they come and there's a harvest. Can I tell you today that revival is right outside of the doors of this church? I hope it isn't too awkward here today online, but I come to challenge all of our families, all the families at Anchor Church, to tell you we need a renewed look at soul winning again and loving people. And the greatest revival you ever have is at the gate. It's right outside the gate of the church. The church is the most beautiful place in the world. It's not by chance that this gate is so beautiful that he sat at this beautiful gate. The church, it's all I've ever known is the church. I've seen so many things growing up in the church. I love the church. 
I even like to chew and gum under the pew. I like all of it. The cobwebs that you miss. I, I love the carpet. I love the pulpit. I love the lights. And what a beautiful facility you have here. I love the music. I love everything. Don't you love the church? I love the church. I love it. I can't wait till our choir gets to sing again. And I can't wait till everybody's back and running the aisles. And their church is beautiful. Psalm said, it's beautiful. Oh, my love, as tears are comely, as Jerusalem terrible, as an army with banners. I love the church. But if we're not careful, we'll focus all of our attention in here. In here's where we celebrate. In here's where we worship God and pray. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I hope it don't come across too rough. But if we're not careful, we'll pray for revival, but we'll never go to the gate to have revival. I want to say something right here. We need to stop praying long enough in the altar to go out and start helping people that are dying and that are hurting and don't even know that they're welcome in the church. And I know this is where this message can get a little bit awkward, but it wasn't the lame man's fault he was born that way. It was our first birth that's got us in a lot of our messes. It's our second birth that gets us out of our messes. <laughs> can I tell you today, everyone is allowed in the church. Everybody is allowed in the house of God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter the way you dress. It doesn't matter if you're confused about which bathroom to go in. Well, I don't really care. I just want you in the church. It doesn't matter what drug you're on. It doesn't matter how perverse you've been. It doesn't matter if you crawled out of a bar last night. You belong in the house of God. It doesn't matter who what your last name is. It doesn't matter if you're blowed out of your mind. Just come on in the house. Because if I can get you in his presence, if I can get you in his atmosphere, God will change your life forever. So many times... I've heard stories of people that I've helped that I went to church and they picked on me and I went to church. I didn't belong. I knew I didn't when I walked in. I'll never forget when I first started prison ministry. I was asked to come in. It's one of the funniest stories. I went in to pick up some guys and they were going to help me work at the church. There's about 18 of these guys. They had tattoos up their neck, out their hands, their arms. They had some rough looking guys. I guess I must have looked pretty rough. I've been working at the church, had my boots on. And they kept standing around at the security place right where they go out to be released, to go on work release, to go with me to work. And they were sitting around counting. And, and finally somebody said, y'all going to go? I said, guys, we ready? They said, oh, you're the preacher? I thought you was one of us. I said, that's pretty bad. Preacher fits right in with the prisoners. <laughs> It's a sad day when we don't fit in with the prisoners. It's a sad day when we can't take time long enough to talk to somebody that's lost and fit in with them. Paul said, I became all things that I might win some. We gotta start loving people. We gotta take our time off long enough to love people. Oh, somebody shout amen. I pray in your living rooms today, you're talking in tongues, you're clapping your hands, and there's tears running down your face, and God's challenging you to be the greatest soul winner you've ever been 
Everyone is allowed in the church. The world has this mindset that I don't think I'll be accepted. I can say that because I deal with people daily that have never been accepted. Even when they go to their family reunions, they feel like they're not accepted. They go to school and they feel like they're not accepted. I've had to counsel people. I finally go to them. Listen, folks, you don't have to have always the, the gift of discernment. Well, God ain't spoke to me to go to them yet. Listen, if they're crying and their head's down and they, they, they look really sad and you look, they got cut marks going up both sides of their arms. Listen, folks, you don't need a gift of the Spirit to go walk over and say, hey, are you okay? Can I help you? Is this okay? We got to love people and start using love and not just the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, Anchor Church. I want you to rally behind me today. And I want you to hear me. We've got to get a renewed burden for souls all over again. Come on, just go ahead and say it. It don't always take discernment. <laughs> Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I just got a call yesterday, day before yesterday from the warden at Parkersburg Prison. He has become my dear friend. He called me up, and I went met with him yesterday outside the prison because of all the quarantine. We set him and his head of security, and we're sitting there talking, talking about the things of God. And he said, he told me something that has grieved me. He said, Pastor, all the guys, he calls them his guys, all my guys in here are wondering when, you, when you're allowed to come back in. He said, ask me all the time. Every week I grieve because I can't go in and preach. Because it was before the pandemic, we'd go in on Wednesday morning. I teach life in focus classes and, and teach them how to stay off of drugs. And they know more about the drug than I did, but I'd teach them anyways and they'd be kind. What long we'd be praying with them. Then Wednesday nights we'd have church with them. Then they release the work release to us. But I would teach the main population, the guys that are not going to get out for a long time, guys that are murdered. And, but I want to tell you something at the offset right here. Some of the greatest men I've ever met in my life are in prison. Every Sunday morning, they'd release these guys to us. Sometimes uh, we'd have two busloads, sometimes 40-some prisoners on a Sunday morning, worshiping God, receiving the Holy Ghost. In a year, we baptize 145 prisoners in Jesus' name from our Parkersburg prison facility. A lot of them were in church, but I'll just go say most of them was in a little metal horse trough. And the warden told me the other day, he, he told me, it was yesterday, he said, Pastor, I can't wait till we get Myrtle out again. I said, who is Myrtle? He said, well, I nicknamed your little horse trough Myrtle. I don't even know what that means. He said, but I can't wait to get Myrtle back out so we can start baptizing them all over again. Can I tell you what? In the middle of all this, when we finally come out of this, God's going to give us the greatest revival we've ever hoped for. Somebody shout revival today. We need to realize it's at the gate. Most of them prisoners, it happened outside the church. But right now, just a couple services ago, and then we're all... When they come in, the ushers, this is awkward. This pandemic's been so awkward. Thankful for our facility. 
It's big enough where we can still have church and have two services and accommodate most of the crowd. But they come in and say, how many's with your family? There's six. There's eight. And they go and set them, then pull the chairs so their family's six feet apart. You, you guys have done it as well. But I can't tell you how many times in the middle of all this that people begin to be touched by God in these services. When we get out of this, it's going to be tremendous what God's about to do. But I want to tell you something. Even in the middle of this pandemic, we've baptized almost every service. you, you got to hear me. And I know you're probably clapping your hands at your house. I'm telling you, it's every service. Every service, somebody's being baptized. Today, right now, it's 11.02. Here in about 20 minutes, there's eight people getting be baptized this morning at Cross Church at Parkersburg in the first service. Then they go to a 12 o'clock. They're going to be baptizing in that services as well. you got to realize just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean we can't reach our saint or people outside at the gate. Somebody say every service. There is revival. There is a revival. But I want to say something here, and I know if we just didn't reach out, that people would still probably, some of them, come. But the revival God wants to get us is going to come from somebody that was born into a bad situation that thinks he doesn't belong. And we've got to go out and love those people more now than we ever have. You can say whatever you want to. You can say it was one man. Everybody says one man. One lame man, one crippled man, just one. Begging money. I wonder if you had a little piece of cardboard. The other day, there was a guy in Parkersburg that said, I'm not going to lie, need beer money. He was just being honest. I wonder, I wonder if the lame man had a little cardboard, piece of cardboard. Give me some money. We can say whatever we want to as one crippled man asking money. At the end of the day, when this was all said and done, in Acts chapter 3 and verse in chapter 4, there was over 5,000 people that were believers out of one man. And we didn't understand. It's at the gate. Could be the next key to the greatest revival in Zanesville. One crippled man that doesn't think. Maybe he's just crippled spiritually. Maybe he's in recovery. But can I tell you what? It's that guy that could be the key to the greatest revival we've ever seen. Somebody shout Revival. Revival. We've got to believe in people again. I believe that our prayers keep our spirit right. Now, I believe God honors our prayers for revival, but it's also getting up long enough and going out. I've been blessed to be able to win people to God since I've been at Parkersburg. So amazing the friends I have now that call me pastor. Three years ago, I didn't know them, but now they're on a ministerial team. Now I'm surrounded, Brother Giovanni, by people that used to be on heroin, but now, now, people that used to be alcoholics were dying, dying, bleeding when they come to church, thought they was going to be dead, scared out of their mind, but now they're healed, now they surround me. It's, it's, it's the people that nobody liked, that society gave up on. I'll go in any, any leadership session sometimes, and I'm not trying to be braggadocious. I'm just trying to tell you. I remember when I went there, they weren't in the church, but now they're surrounding me on my team. I look in, and we'll do minister's classes, and guys that used to be in prison, he just preached his first service just two weeks ago, was in prison. you got to understand they're the greatest Christians that I've ever met and I've been in this so my whole life. Some of the greatest Christians I know today come out of homeless shelters. Some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life with integrity 
and character. Some of them have more character than our saints on the pew. And I want to be careful today. But when they come in, sometimes they're so open in repentance. I got a call. And he probably watches service today because he watches everything. He loves watching Anchor Church. And he called me. He said, Pastor, I just want to run something by you. He said, I got a ticket out of speed and I'm sorry. That might sound funny to you, but he's in a life of repentance, fruit of repentance. Yea, what zeal? Yea, what vehement desire? Yea, what fear? He's in repentance and he don't want to do anything outside outside of that to displease me as his pastor. People that just two years ago were lost and don't hear them, but now called to the ministry. The revival God is going to give Anchor Church is just that. The people that show up this morning, that'll be at our church across church. You know who's taking care of service today. Three years ago, he was going to recovery classes trying to stay out of drugs. Him and his girlfriend were living together and he's fresh out of being in prison for 15 years, but he's in my stead today preaching. Brother Justin Stuckey's getting ready to get his license and he is just, he, this morning, he is preaching in my stead. Both services, taking them swimming in Jesus' name. He is in my stead today. Three years ago, he didn't know anything about the church. He was a Buddhist and he would sit down at Point Park with his feet together and he would be meditating on Buddha. But now he's a tongue talker, baptized in Jesus' name, being used powerfully by God. So one of the greatest soul winners I've ever met in my life. But today, now there's more than just Justin Stuckey's. There's people just like him. And they're soul winners. There's people showing up at church today. They, they didn't come to a cook-off at the church or barbecue or a prayer meeting or a fast chain. No, they're coming straight out of an NA meeting, Narconomic, uh, uh, Anonymous. Heroin's Anonymous in AA. Rich Walters is bringing people in today. He's a new guy at the church. And they're coming from recovery homes. St. Joe's Hospital recovery. Amity House coming in. People that was on the streets. And now... Because they know they're accepted this morning. Folks, you can get awkward sometimes. There's times I won't tell them to raise their hands when they're praying for the Holy Ghost because that skirt's so short, I don't know where it's going to go. But they're in the house. They're in the house. You got to say it. They're in the house. It's at the gate. (laughs) Revival is at the gate. It's right outside the church. If you're going to sit back and wait on it, it's probably not coming. But all it takes is for someone to look somebody in the eyes and let them know they care and take them by the right hand and let God strengthen them. If he would have never grabbed him by the right hand, the Spirit of God would never strengthen his ankles or his feet. I believe if we'll reach out, God will impart strength to whoever we touch because the sign of the believer is to lay hands on the sick And they shall recover. There's got to be a renewed revelation in reaching people. I'm just about done.
just a few moments. But during this pandemic, I got so frustrated, just like most of you have. Shut our church down. It was so hard. I made up my mind. I'm never shutting the church down again. I'll go to 20 services on Sunday if need be. There's people committing suicide. We, there were so many people relapsing on heroin and drugs. It was so hurtful, and I know it's hurtful church. Well, they need more faith. Well, see, you weren't born into the handicap. You don't understand their past. Somewhere I've made up my mind, I will never shut the church again. I'll do whatever to be six feet. I'll do whatever to go by the law, but I will not shut it down. We just hear recently, and I... I know I'm telling a few things here today and it might cross theological lines or whatever. Let me tell you what I feel that I need to do in Parkersburg. We, we're in every recovery home. We're in the hospitals. We've went to nursing homes. We've, we've done, we're in the prison, juvenile. We're trying everything online. We've been online preaching for a couple of years now. So thankful we've been doing that. I just here recently signed, just the other day, October the 11th, we will be preaching on CBS, WTAP, on television. And I know that crosses theological lines, but you got to hear me today. They're so excited at the prison because now they're going to get to have church. The nursing home is going to get to have church, the hospitals. They're already putting it on their schedule that they're going to be watching our services in the prison. you got to understand, we got to open up our brain to do whatever we can to get at the gate, to win souls to the kingdom of God. And it's cheaper than any billboard that I've ever done. Say whatever we want to, I'm doing all I can and I still feel like I'll be in a, you ever just get in a bad mood? I need a few more minutes. I feel like I'm failing all the time. I don't know what it is. I work myself to death. Take one day to go hunting, you feel like you're failing. I don't know what it is. I know it's self-inflicted. Over, over the last, we try to measure what we do and rejoice. And since 2017, we have baptized 460 plus in Jesus' name at Cross Church. I am so excited, but it's not enough. There's 45,000 plus in my city. In the metro areas, there's like, there's almost a million people in the whole metro, Belpre, that whole area. We don't, we don't have time to sit down. We've got to reach our world in the name of Jesus. Music can come, I'm just about done. But just the other day, a young lady come in on a Thursday night. She came in, a beautiful young lady. Her name is Gabby. Gabby, I want to tell you of three people. Gabby came in, 21 years old. She's so pretty. Wish I had a picture for you today. One of the sweetest young ladies I've ever seen. She came in. She had spikes in her lips. I got to look and she had tattoos all over her hand. It didn't even really match her, the tattoos she had. She had pentagrams on her knuckles. It just didn't match. She came in. She repented. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen in my life. She repented and asked God to forgive her of her sins and baptized her. When she came out of the water, she was speaking in tongues. Gabby, 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 since she was 11 years old, all she'd known was Satanism. She'd been on drugs and addicted to drugs since she was 11 years old. And God has delivered her from drugs. 
But she didn't come from the altar area. She came from a recovery home. Charlie, Charlie came. <laughs> Charlie's about six foot one. Charlie's a girl. Charlie. She came in, she came from a recovery home. 16 years of addiction. Now she's in the church, baptized in Jesus' name. Her kids are in our Cross Church Academy, our Christian school. She's from where I'm from, Fayette County, West Virginia, where I used to pastor. Now there's a home girl in my church in Parkersburg. They just posted it on some type of fat county deal. People were seeing that God's changed her life because her world gave up on her. Her family gave up on her. Nobody had have anything to do with her. But now she's in the church. But she was one at the gate. During the pandemic, it was this setting here. It's all virtual. Excuse me for crying today. It was just like this. We was having some throwdown church and wasn't nobody here except the team. Bishop Johnson was preaching. Gary Johnson, tremendous man of God. And uh, as we was leaving, we was wrapping things up. I could hear somebody praying or something yelling as the front door opened on our church going out to Avery and Market Street. When I went out there, there was a young lady, and we scared her because she didn't know anybody was even in the church. Whitney had been to our church, but it had been a year before, and she'd been in recovery. She'd went to jail for heroin, selling heroin, been on heroin really bad, been on the streets. And Whitney just got out of prison, was in recovery classes. She said the only place she ever felt peace was at our church. But the church was closed, and so she was at the front door at the gate. When the door opened, she said, I didn't know nobody was here. She said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. She said, I'm sorry, I'll leave. I said, no, 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 you don't have to leave. Well, no, you don't have to leave. She said, I feel so much peace here. She said, would you baptize me? I said, oh, Whitney, I'll baptize you right now. She said, you mean I don't have to wait? I said, no. I said, the water's warm. We keep it warm. Even in the pandemic, we're always ready to baptize. Took Whitney wine in. You put her picture up. I sent the picture. Hopefully they can show it today. Baptized Whitney. She was speaking in tongues in the water. When she was still in the water, she was speaking in tongues. And when she came up out of the water, when she came up out of the water, she was still speaking in tongues. She acted drunk. I mean, she was all over the place. I thought, is she going to be okay? I mean, when it was worrying me, I've been in this a long time. She was all over the place. She was lost, speaking in tongues back and forth. She just tarried a while. It wasn't long. We left that day, but I talked to her maybe once or twice and had 
a young lady in the church. You keep in contact with her. But we lost contact and didn't know where she was. I told my wife, I said, I'm so worried where Whitney is in this pandemic. I know she's have, she can't go to church or she's trying to watch online. I just, I don't know where she's at. I get a call. I'm driving down the road one day. And he said, Pastor Bounds, I just wanted to call you. Did you hear about Whitney? And I said, no, what's wrong? He said, Whitney passed away. I began to weep. I thought instantly in my mind, she relapsed, overdosed on heroin, and I lost her. Because it hadn't been too long before that. In two weeks, I lost 18 people to heroin addiction. But I thought, oh, God, surely I didn't lose Whitney. Oh, God, I grieved. Her funeral took place. I didn't even know about it. I wasn't even there. It grieved me still this day. But when she received the gift of the Holy Ghost, she went home and told her whole family about it. Whitney didn't die of a drug overdose. Whitney died within two weeks. And I noticed she had this collar to her skin. It was liver failure. When they found her collapsed on the floor, they revived her and put her in a hospital and they were wanted to do a liver transplant. She said to her family, because they didn't believe like we do, and they were always saying that the Holy Ghost wasn't real and that speaking in tongues was of the devil and all this stuff. And, and but when they saw her speak in tongues, Whitney willed to die. She told her family, she said, I have never in my life felt anything like this before. I received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues. And if you would please just let me go home to Jesus because I've been in addiction my whole life and I don't ever want to go back. Let me go home to Jesus. And she died saved. But her legacy, Whitney Wine's legacy, is this. She told her family And that church, who's not apostolic, now has a pastor that understands the Holy Ghost because he called me. And they've had over 20 plus people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost at a church in Parkersburg. The Holy Ghost is being poured out. And if I would have stayed in the altar and just prayed for it, it would have never came. I had to love somebody at the gate. I want to pray over this church and over all your works, all your daughter works. This is a mother church. This is one of my favorite churches in the whole world. This church has the same feel as Parkersburg Cross Church does. The city has the same feel as Parkersburg. But the revival that's coming is going to come from people that are at the gate helping people. I want everybody at this time, I want you to bow your head. And I want you to let God begin to touch you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, God, to lay this burden that is in this house upon every person at the Anchor Church.
I pray, God, you allow them to feel the way you do about souls. Let them open their eyes to the handicaps of people that don't feel they belong in the church. God, allow them to reach out in places they never dreamed they could reach out. Let them, God, feel the way you feel about souls. Help us, God, as we reach our world for one last wave of revival. One last wave of revival, God, as your harvest angels are sent in this last day. I pray, God, you help us to take on the mantle of soul winning and loving people. Give us the gifts of the Spirit. God, give us the gift of faith to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Give us the gift, God, to lay hands on people and they'll never go back to heroin again, drugs. God, most of all, give us love for one another. Take every schism out of the body. Whatever you got to do, whatever it takes, remove every schism, every judgmental attitude. Let us be apostolic in doctrine and holiness. One God. God, we trust you. We preach that gospel. But let us believe it more now than we ever have. Let us live holiness more now than we ever have to be the example for this generation give us love God love for one another love for one another every man, every woman, every child every teenager, give us a love for one another and in turn let us love everybody outside at the gate the Holy Ghost is getting ready to move on so many people right now it's trying to move I want you to lift your hands where you are and God's getting ready to impart to you. That's it. That's it. Let God touch you in your home. Right where you're at, let the Holy Ghost move upon you. In the name of Jesus, impart to us, O oh God. That's it. I want you to take just a moment. They're going to continue to pray. But I want you to take a moment. Get in the floor of your home wherever you are. And I want you to let God begin to touch you right now. Don't get in a hurry at this moment. Let God touch you. I want the team here. I want you to begin to pray. I want you to let God do it. God, let us be at the gate. Let us minister at the gate. Let us look at the gate of renewed revelation in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.